how is everybody in the cell camp and yeah think, really good talk about uh yeah so we've been um weirdly been been quite we've been quieter this year than we we would be in a, in a normal year um although what is a normal year anymore <laughs> um yeah um so we've uh, we're recording an album. Uh, we've um, put a lot of stuff up about that. Um, we're doing the next bits, um, kind of end of the year. Um, so we're really we're just sort of getting all of that together. Um, we'll be talking to um, artists pretty soon, um, talking to labels, that kind of thing. So a lot of behind the scenes work. Um, yeah, we did a couple of shows. Um, we did a sort of local show, um, and we did an away show in Wrexham, which was really good fun. Um, yeah, it's been it's it's all good. It's all it's all systems go. It's just a lot of um, kind of work that people don't really see at the moment. Um, so it's an it's an interesting time because I've recorded all of my bits. So um, my focus at the moment is sorting out all the book stuff. Um, but obviously, I'm also over like a part of everything that's happening behind the scenes. It's um yeah. So yeah, it's really good fun and lots of things happening. Um, just nothing we can really show people just yet, which is kind of a bummer. Well, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's always a bummer side, but it's still always fantastic to hear that things are mm. going on because any quiet period makes you wonder, particularly in the UK scene. Well, you know, mm. you go quiet for too long, you disappear. So the fact that yeah. stuff going on, that's mm -hmm. good enough. That's stuff. That's reason to be positive. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Of course, you touched upon it. The really interesting thing, as interesting as sales future is, the interesting thing right now is that uh, you're about to become a published author, which is obviously incredible an incredible mm -hmm. achievement congratulations on that Thank um you. no problem tell me tell us a little bit about this upcoming book what is the basic basis sure so i actually have um the author copy here uh, which i've just moved in with um in a really really bright pink um a classic death metal pink um <laughs> Yeah, so this is, um, so 33 and 3rd do short books about music, uh, and they're expanding to do, previously it was um, individual books uh, about uh, individual albums, and this one, they've expanded it to um, expand it to cover the history of um, sub-genres, uh, usually sort of niche genres that don't get uh, explored as much, mm. um, and I had been pitching things to them, and they they floated, do you want to come and do um, one of these, um, don't have a have a go at doing one of these i said yeah definitely definitely i want to do that and uh, that was my my big uh, lockdown project um so yeah um, i've worked as a journalist for for a while um for a bunch of different places um so that was kind of my instinct there was to uh, you know i plot out the kind of story i want to tell and then who do i want to talk to about it um so i spent a few months interviewing people uh, i spent a few weeks sort of like planning out everything and i started contacting bands and journalists and um uh, academics uh, and um, recording engineers and um, record labels um, owners, uh, really like a lot of people who who play a part in the making of death metal. Yeah, um, yeah. and then yeah, and then did the interviews and then um, spent the next rest of the year putting the the book together. It's such an immensely huge subject matter. I mean, you say just death metal, and what that opens in your mind is incredible. Laying the groundwork for even getting started. How did you go about doing that? You talk about contacting people. Was that just the initial focus? Is what were you contacting them about? Sure. So it's yeah, it is really big. Um, I think. Um, I mean, it's it's almost forty years. If you, if you take it from, um, if you take it from you know, uh, the first possessed record, um, mm. it's uh, it'll be forty years in um, twenty twenty five. I think. Um, 
Um, and, you know, obviously it's got roots that go back beyond that. It didn't just sort of like come into being one day. Um, in fact, there's a fun story about um, the Death Growls uh, being used in medieval music, or like a, a very early version of Death Growls, which is really, really fun. A fun, cool. a fun little little side like side story. Um, so I think there is a joke in there early on. Uh, so I went on the Metal Archives, um, mm. and um, so the book's forty thousand words long, uh, and I realised that um, there are fifty. There are over 50,000 death metal bands recorded on Metal Archives. So if I just listed all the bands, um, I, I would run out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, it's interesting because you sort of, you're, you're telling the emotional story of death metal. You're saying like, A, why does it exist in the first place? Mm. Uh, and B, what are the big kind of, um, well, well the, not all the details, um, in sort of granular detail but you know what are the big things that happen that you know how, how do we how do we you know nearly 40 years later how do we have things like venom prison how do we have yeah. things like um um cryptic shift how do we have um uh blood incantation how do we and uh, gatekeeper how, why do we have all these different strands of things that are very identifiably death metal happening at the same time 40 years on from from mm -hmm. that um and sort of um telling the story of the struggles that led there um yeah that that was the main sort of and then and then sort of um making that um accessible to anyone who's sort of interested in that yeah because of course very you could be i'd imagine incredibly analytical about this mm -hmm. and almost be so dry mm -hmm. you know that it's hard to digest i think yeah i mean the early drafts were to be honest like it had um it does the thing people don't tell you about writing a book is that um it's like 10 11 12 drafts before you get before you show it to an editor mm. um and yeah no, some of the early ones were really really dense it was like i sort of splurged all this information out um and it wasn't sort of readable you know i i imagine my obviously yeah, like I, I told my parents about this and my parents are not death metal fans but they are interested in um interested in music and interested in um rock music history um i figured like i've got to i've got to write something like that they uh, that, you know, something that they could read and, and understand. Um, yeah. So I sort of like, you know, I, I, I wanted it to be um, not a sort of big, dense academic thing. I wanted it to be something people could walk into Waterstones with a vague interest in and then pick it up and then uh, learn something that was going to like speak to them. An interesting balance to try and get because ultimately, you know, you, you don't want to obviously write a fluff piece mm -hmm. for someone who's a hardcore death metal fan, just reads it and goes, well, I've read all this and I've heard all this before and simple, a cursory Wikipedia, mm -hmm. yeah. all this information slash the obvious lack of density so that someone who, as you said, just as a cursory interest can pick it up and learn something little more. Mm -hmm. Did you struggle to get that balance as you went through the drafts? And at what point did you think, OK, this is coming together? Yeah, um, so I think, um, I, yeah, it, it was it was a struggle to sort of um, let it out. And um, obviously, I'm a big part of the audience will be people who really care about death metal and want to um, and maybe have read a few of the other death metal books and want to mm. want to learn a bit more. I think um, the big thing for me was because um, I do. Obviously, there are other books about death metal. This has been covered. If you want to learn about it, obviously, you can go to Wikipedia, YouTube, that kind of thing, where people have sort of like outlined the sort of facts that built up the built up the genre. Yeah. Um. One of the big things, um. 
so obviously an early stage of that was like research like me going back through things like choosing death and um swedish death metal um books like that um and sort of going through um all the information all the resources that are there that are out there uh, both to sort of refresh myself um and to sort of like get to grips with what the kind of the background information is out there at the moment. Um, and one thing's in this book that I've sort of gone into a little bit um, with the help of um, a couple of more academic sources um, is the kind of um, the kind of philosophy that um, and the sort of thinking behind why it's been so popular. So um, I spoke to a very interesting person who's um, doing a PhD in metal studies, which I didn't know existed until I started this project, um, which has a sort of philosophy element um, about kind of the existential um the existential roots of death metal um you have death metal is talking about death um is talking about um yeah sometimes in quite often in quite extreme detail uh people dying people being tortured and ripped apart um and in whatever form it takes this sort of um the idea of death is something that kind of um yeah, there's a lot of art about it because it's the only thing that's going to happen to all of us um so it's very interesting so one of the things for me as to why death metal really you know, still exists now is that it still has this kind of um, this universality. Um, it explains why sort of thrash metal sort of like comes up and down in, in popularity. Um, obviously, there are a lot of bands that still going, but death metal seems to have this um, a bit more longevity to it. I think that's what I'm sort of bringing to that kind of discussion. And that's what um, someone who's read a bunch of a bunch of like facts about bolt thrower um that's what i'm bringing to that kind of discussion you kind of touched upon the immense amount of research you would have had to have done at the early stage of this um you mentioned at the very start that this was a lockdown project so to speak um were you given do you think you would have been able to do the level of research you needed to do for this book had we not been in that situation um it helps i'm a big nerd uh and that like a lot of these books i just had and had read um and i, I it was something i was really interested in um uh yeah you know i think we um obviously the lockdown lockdown did help because we weren't um going out every weekend um with the band um i wasn't doing a bunch of other stuff that i usually do um everything sort of ground to a halt um yeah i think yeah i think having that time and that space definitely did help but it would have happened nonetheless because you were passionate and focused mm -hmm. on this yeah i would i would have sure i would have i sure would have made it work um I did. It was, but um, I mean, the other thing, like it was, I say research, like it's it's sort of work, but it was really good fun um, to go back through everything. Um, it was really really enjoyable. Um, I I love um, I love music history. I love um, I think well written music history. It's some of my favourite like things to read as a as a big books person. Yeah. Well, with that in mind, then because yeah, I mean, it's great to hear. Obviously, you could work out and presume that you uh, had a, a passion and an interest and a, a love of this. Uh, but it's still good to hear you say it. Was there a particular point as you were researching, perhaps something that you didn't know that much about, be it a specific band or a time period that you found yourself enjoying more than anything else? Um, so one of the interesting things, um, so obviously when you, I'm shooting myself in the foot as I said, is when you publish a book about music um, that's still ongoing, is still um, developing, hmm. um, obviously you sort of cut yourself off to... Um, yeah, that's that's still going to continue and develop and everything um obviously that has implications for the book i'm about to put out but it also um the other sort of there are other books about death metal um which kind of stop um 
you know, there's a few that are sort of published around the sort of early 2000s. Um, and that's an interesting one because that's when death metal was kind of in a lull, like you sort of um, black metal sort of picks up and you, um, and that's the big sort of controversy thing that um, everyone's very, very excited about. Um, but also you have a lot of bands like, um, you have a lot of bands breaking up. You have um, At The Gates breaking up. Um, you have a the there's a, a big lull in like people getting very excited about it um obviously you have like bands like Nile coming out and bands like opeth are still doing really well um but what's interesting about that is they miss out on deathcore um deathcore happens um you know sort of um the mid 2000s really picks up in um like sort of 2007 2008 as um, myspace starts to develop um so and that was something I skipped over as a kid because I didn't really, as, as a kid, as a sort of like young teenager, it just didn't really, didn't really connect with me at the time. Um, I I was more into sort of like drilling into the history of some of the other things. Um, and yeah, actually, um, I found myself revisiting it and going like, Dan, this is actually really good. I don't know why I didn't like this at the time. <laughs> um, and yeah, I spoke to quite a few deathcore, deathcore bands about what it was like at the time um, and that sort of thing. And there's a, 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 a hidden history of deathcore Mm. Um, which I think doesn't get um, doesn't get featured in this kind of narrative as much. Um, so yeah, I really I really enjoyed I really enjoyed doing that. I really enjoyed sort of going back and like challenging my own prejudices there. Um, and it is really you know, you speak to you know the people in Carcass and the people in Job for a Cowboy, and they are <laughs> like they have the same motivations. Like they're listening to the same music. Yeah. Um, they're pushing for the same things, and they want to make the same kind of music. They're just obviously you know. Um, their kids who've grown up with um uh more music because of the internet mm-hmm. and um more ways to get out to people um and there are also people who've grown up um you know the big thing with carcass and they're definitely people like that is that they um they were they had to like their production engineers had to learn how to make that music at the same time that they were learning to to make it um whereas you know, they've done all that work they've laid the foundations um and um people like joffrey cowboy um, benefited from that so it's really interesting to compare and contrast those kind of attitudes uh, so yeah i really enjoyed writing that that part of it considering that and all these tangents that are always possible as you start to dive and go deep into um specific areas was it always easy to keep yourself focused on what your goal and what your aim was for this book um i think because so I'm. I tend to sort of go off on tangents and things. Mm. Um, and there were some like pretty long. Um, there were some things I had to cut. Um, for the for the final project. Um, I I think in the main once I once I worked out once I'd sort of laid down the um, the 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 main part the sort of emotional part of it like the emotional story I wanted to tell like yep. why is this like why are these people trying to make this this awful music like this this ugly horrible music that my mum hates um once I sort of like worked out how to tell that sort of story um I think then it was on the sort of subsequent edits it was easy easier to sort of go like okay this needs to move here this is like an interesting like subset but isn't part of the main story yeah um and just kind of like to keep that um that main story together um so yeah that was a discipline I had to learn kind of on the fly. Um, but I think we, we, we definitely got there, like as we, um, as I, as I went on. You think you've learned quite a lot about being an author? Yeah, I think so. I think um, about building a plot and about, um, uh, yeah, putting, putting a book together in a way that's going to work for people. That's not just, yeah, like a list of facts. 
Overall, though, uh, uh, an enjoyable experience, enough so that it's um, essentially awoken something new. And you basically, do you think you'd continue to do this sort of work as you go forward? Yeah, I hope so. Um, I've um, I've pitched more, I, yeah, pitched more stuff, um, hoping to do some more, um, hoping to branch out and do more kind of, um, I don't know if I'd do anything else in this series, but I definitely want to do more sort of um, music history. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I would recommend it to anyone. Well, obviously, you must be a fan of Death Metal and All Stars to even consider doing anything like this. It'd be quite hilarious if it was a music <laughs> that you hated. Um, certainly a different perspective. Does this interest have an origin story and how has that evolved over the years? Sure. Um, so I um, I remember being um, kind of a young teenager and coming across, um, so that would have been sort of around 2004, 2005, um, when I was sort of about sort of 13. Um, I remember hearing death metal for the first time. Um, and this was kind of in the age of um, the sort of like early 2000s indie uh, mm. wave, um, which at the time I didn't really get on with. Um, I was looking for something a bit more kind of um, just, yeah, I, 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 it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't know what I was looking for, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't that. Um, and I came across death metal. Um, I remember I remember specifically people like saying like why do you why do you enjoy this yeah. and it's like this is it's really ugly music and you know we live in the age of um not quite spotify at that point but like definitely you know youtube and things and music right. is much easier to get hold of um you don't have to you know listen to the radio and, and take your favorite bits i remember like that was the first point that was like actually i don't have an answer for you man like i'm a, a, a i'm you know 12 13 i don't um I haven't really like thought that hard about it. Mm. Um, but I couldn't like reasonably tell you why I like this kind of music and not um, the beautiful music that's readily available. I think it was that sort of. Um, I think that that um, and that was actually the point that sort of led me into like thinking a little bit more about it, and then eventually wanting to to write about it and to um, even if it was to get started writing about it. Um, and eventually go on and become a music journalist and to kind of communicate why it is that people sometimes want to listen to horrible music um, when perfectly nice, ordinary music is, is readily available. With that in mind then, someone comes along and decides, I want to listen to this horrible music. What is your advice for someone wanting to find their feet within the world of death metal? Because from an outside perspective, it's such a huge genre with so many different tangents that I, it, I imagine it's going to be quite daunting. Yeah, um, so it's an interesting one. I think, and for me, like, um, for me, it's all about the history. Um, I just really enjoy digging into that stuff. So I would say maybe start with um, Possessed, Death, um, Seven Churches, um, Scream Bloody Gore, that kind of thing. Um, and from there, um, there's so much death metal. Um, and there's so much death metal for um, every different vibe. You know, you can have, like, very, very stupid or stuff where you need to have like a philosophy dictionary open next to you to sort of get what they're, they're talking about um or and yeah like from from the most sort of like from the densest like talent-free nonsense to um some of the most like like you know miss sugar some of the most talented musicians in the whole world um and, you know all, all the um the kind of um the death black metal, the, uh, the sinister stuff, the kind of crossover there. Um, I think, yeah, I, I would probably start there and then sort of see what sort of, if you enjoy it, see what sort of vibe you want to go uh, from there. There's just, like, there's just so much out there. 
There is, isn't there? There's so yeah. much out there. So many different variations, so many different styles, so many locations that define mm. certain uh, aspects of death metal. It is, oh, it is a fascinating subject. Lastly, on this part, then release date and availability. What are we looking at? Sure. Uh, it is coming out on um, November seventeenth. Um, it's coming out. Um, it'll be on. It'll be re- available. Um, Waterstones and um, Blackwells and Amazon, um, any anywhere that sells books. Um, it will be. Um, yeah, Waterstones will have it. Um, I'm also, um, we're doing a book launch in Bristol's Waterstones um, with Wallowing. Uh, Wallowing are going to come play in a bookshop. Um, that's going to be good fun. Uh, I have to get my drum kit into Waterstones. Um, I will we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's exciting. I don't think anyone's done that before. Uh, we're very excited to, to make that happen. What day is that? Is that the day of launch, the launch day, 17th? It's no, uh, 19th, that's happening, this Saturday. That is amazing. That sounds so much fun. That sounds so unique. So Waterstones <laughs> with uh, live music. Amazing. Um, that's the book. Mm-hmm. I wanted then to continue uh, because of the time period. So a little bit of fun just to throw at you. We have been running throughout this period, 13 days of Halloween up until the 31st of October, a Halloween mm-hmm. Q&A, throwing out many, many bands and artists. Okay. I'm going to give throw some of these at you, a more condensed version just to tidy up this interview where... We kind of focus on some of your more hollow, ha- Halloween horror enjoy- enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So first things first, what is your ideal or perfect Halloween night? Oh, great. Um, we, I mean, it's Saturday today. It's Saturday the 29th. Um, oh, that's a good question. I'm a big, big, big Halloween person. Um, so, um, but I'm also, I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty like loose with it. Um, I'm going out dancing tonight. I think like, for me, it's all about dressing up. Uh, I never really, I never really grew out of dressing up. I think it's one of the things like heavy metal has a lot of dressing up. Um, death metal, not so much, interestingly, but um, there is a lot of adult dressing up in in heavy metal culture in general. Um, it's probably why I'm still so into it. Um, so I think some kind of long, like very elaborate. If if I'm completely honest, some kind of very elaborate sort of like dress up thing, and then like the actual event is secondary to it. It's all about like. I, I, want to, I want to see some very elaborate costumes uh, that people have clearly spent several months um, working on. Um, I think then, like, I think, yeah, some kind of, like, some kind of extravagant a dancing event or a band or something. The actual, the actual event is secondary to the dressing up. What's the most elaborate costume you've ever done? It's a good question. Um, I have like I have like a witch outfit I do every year, and it's getting more and more elaborate. Uh, and I'm putting it together. Obviously, I'm doing that around moving house. Uh, I'm doing that again this year. Um, I think you saw some version of that when we spoke at Bloodstock um, last oh, year. Fantastic. <laughs> of course, I do remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! Amazing. Um, then what, for example, right? So let's say you're not doing that, and you're chilling at home, mm-hmm. and uh, you want to put on. A Halloween horror. What would you consider the perfect Halloween horror? Not necessarily your favorite movie or something like that, but the one that encapsulates the time period. Sure. Um, I think my favorite. Um, we put up a band thing about this the other day. Uh, I don't want to be inconsistent, so I think illegally have, have to say The Exorcist. Um, <laughs> the Exorcist is just so good, um, and that does tie in with death metal because um, I think Necrophagia uh, covered The Exorcist theme. Mm. Um, very, it's an interesting sort of uh, overlap with um, 
with uh, kind of music for horror films and music intended to be horrible and horrifying and heavy metal people going um okay if we're going to do this then we've got to like our sources are kind of limited um we've got to look at we've got to look beyond what other metal bands have done um so that's a fun uh, death metal tangent um yeah i think probably the exorcist um it's just it's it's just a great um a great mood piece it's also super gross Mm. um so yeah which are the two like the two building blocks of halloween um i also really love um i watched midsummer um over lockdown i think uh i just think that was, i just thought that was wonderful um so that would be that would be on my like halloween playlist i'm gonna guess that answers another question i had which was about mm-hmm. modern horror and perhaps mm-hmm. some of your favorite because people tend to focus more on the classics mm-hmm. so i always like to get an idea of what's interesting you in the modern mm-hmm. time so would you say midsummer is your kind of favorite best or best modern horror you've seen in some time yeah i think so um i i'm not super up to date on horror films uh i did watch um oh uh, hereditaries the other i think same i think same director yeah. um also very very good i did watch um i think beginning of this year or or last year um i can't remember when it came out uh, but midnight mass the tv show i thought that was really really good um so yeah i don't i don't know if it's i don't know if anyone wants to come and watch all of midnight mass in one go with me but that would be a pretty good that would be a really pretty good halloween i think amazing um what's your earliest memory then of seeing a horror movie i'm always interested to know how early in people's childhoods this sort of thing comes about horror movies i'm not really sure um my parents weren't i was the eldest of three um and my parents just are not into that kind of thing at all um so i'm trying to think when i would have come across it um well how about twist that then because (laughs) as a youngster things can be frightening that aren't necessarily yeah. horror. Can you think of anything that comes to mind like that, that perhaps freaked you out or scared you at a young age? Yeah, I remember um, Tim, we, <laughs> Tim, the guitarist from Say and I had a big argument about this the other day um, because he maintained they weren't scary at all. Uh, but I remember being like, <laughs> I remember the Goosebumps books being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I remember that, that probably ages me a whole bunch. Um, I feel very 30 years old right now, but um, yeah, I remember the Goosebumps books. Like, I remember having to like work myself up to them as a kid. <laughs> that was before I got into death metal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm desensitized to everything. Maybe it's Goosebumps that started me off on this whole journey. Very likely. I mean, I think yeah, if yeah. at a certain age, Goosebumps, or of mm-hmm. Goosebumps, has uh, uh, an imprint upon your mind. I mean, I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm older than you, mm-hmm. but goosebumps were still part of my youth as well because you know they were written and published in the mid 90s uh, 90s and stuff in fact uh, we, for the last two years we've been running uh, a series on the youtube channel our youtube channel every tuesday we review the episodes of the goosebumps tv show oh, so wow. kind of refresh and it, you forget that some of that stuff was quite frightening for a certain age mm-hmm. mm. there is some really gross stuff i remember there was one i mean there's some about um the, the the dummy that can talk and does awful things um but it was one about um something some I, I can't remember the plot but you someone could turn their skin inside out or turn their whole body inside out and i remember the description of that being like as a kid's like this is a bit much <laughs> that was pretty cool that was um that one really sticks out for me like that description um yeah really sticks out i also rl stein i I'm pretty sure it was just one person and it wasn't like a cabal of people um, riding together. Um, but it does prove that, you know, you can, I, I always, 
I try and write quite a lot. I try and like um I try and write a little bit every day. Um because I know it can be done. They um you know, people like that um just published a staggering amount of material and wrote a staggering amount of material. Um and I always thought that was a really good if you are if you are gonna be a writer, a good sort of habit to get into. Um people like Terry Pratchett are the same and they just wrote a, a staggering amount of stuff. Um I really I really appreciate that work ethic um and his commitment to to making me a tiny child very scared. Amazing, but also something you've taken into uh, later years as well. How about this then? Okay. In real life, have mm. you ever experienced something unusual or unexplainable? Oh, unexplainable. Um... Oh, man, I wish you could say yes. My dad's got a ghost story and he's the mm. most like straight down the middle person, like not into that kind of thing at all. Um Apart from that one ghost story, the one he saw a, a, like a headless horseman on a carriage in the motorway. Um, Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I like, always was like, oh man, <laughs> I never see stuff like that. I do all kinds of nighttime driving. I never see, I never see any cool ghost stuff. Um, <laughs> I am interested that the, I'm a very anxious person. Uh, I'm the, also very afraid of spiders and the like the spider fear is definitely, definitely different to the like, have to make a stressful phone call fear. And I, that always feels like there's always a moment where I like have those feelings. It's like, huh, this is different to the this is a different subgenre of fear to the um this the like I have seen the spider fear. What's a horror cliche that you just can't stand? Um uh probably like violent misogyny, that kind of thing. Um it's quite it's quite unfortunate. It's um it shows up as a trope. Um I mean I I, I'm not super well versed in in horror films, really. Um, anyone who knows me, <laughs> famously, like not um, not seen the whole a whole bunch of them. Um, but it, particularly in 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 sort of death metal, the early Cannibal Corpse, that kind of thing. Um, it's really awful stuff against women. Um, and really, when you look at it now, um, it's just a it's just a very sort of obviously kind of awful thing. Um, and yeah, bring it back to death metal. Um, an interesting thing is you have uh, bands now uh, like Venom Prison who are reacting against that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you have um, tracks like Perpetrator Emasculation, which imagines the castration of a rapist. So taking the same kind of um, body horror, violence, um, um, yeah, of um, of the early death metal, completely turning it on its head and um, re re reimagining that as um, something that kind of um, yeah, yeah, uh, reimagines re that kind of those ugly impulses in death metal as something um, more positive, um, more certainly, certainly sort of like goes for the throat with that kind of thing. Mm. Mm. It's important as well, like it starts to change perceptions, starts to change mm -hmm. the belief. There's nothing more depressing these days than perhaps finding an older band, say, in the death metal genre and so on, that kind of thing. And of course, you may not be able to hear or understand the lyrics, so you go out of your way to then find some lyrics, and then you read those lyrics and you think, ah, oh, fuck. God's sake. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, this is a fire, fast and furious okay. section where it's a would you rather. Okay. Um, so I'm going to ask these, but I'm also going to tell you what film it relates to, just in mm -hmm. case uh, you don't know. Okay. So try and picture yourself in the exact scenario. Take it seriously. Okay. Basically. Would you rather spend okay. a night in 112 Ocean Avenue, aka the Amityville House? Okay. Or Hill House, the one that was featured in The Haunting and most recently The Haunting of Hill House. 
I haven't seen either of those. Uh, so I think probably the second one, um, because I, I, I'm keen to spend some time in a haunted house. That sounds great. I've been waiting. Uh, you will be the last person that does this Q&A because okay. all the others have been finished and completed. And I've been waiting to see if anybody would write 112 Ocean Avenue, the Amityville house, but nobody mm. does because everybody okay. says the same thing. There's demons in that house. The other one just has ghosts. Okay. Which one is easier to deal with? I, I Ghosts, I think. You would hope. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, would you rather play a game, mm-hmm. aka Saw, or be shown such sights, aka hellraiser so which would you rather deal with oh my god um i think i think like you know what let's go let's go let's go see such sites see such sites i think there'll be there'll be a little bit of pleasure in there and with pay with saw i think i just have to it'd be some gross eyeball stuff i couldn't deal with it would just it would be it would be that specific it'll be whatever it was whatever it is it would be like not only disgusting but like very specifically unpleasant to me as well yeah, let's, let's see such sights. Let's get a bit of pleasure in while we're, we're suffering for eternity. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, you come home and somebody's bought you a nice little gift. Okay. A doll. What would you rather it be? Would you want it to be a good guy doll, a.k.a. Chucky, or Annabelle, the doll from the Conjuring slash Annabelle movies? Um, I'm going to upset. So Tim doesn't like Chucky again, so I'm just going to, out of spite, I'm going to say Chucky. Let's do it. <laughs> And this one is about where you'd rather be stuck. So you have a choice. You could be stuck in Burkittsville, Maryland, the woods, a.k.a. Blair Witch, or stuck in the caves of the Alapache... I can never say this one. The mountains from the descent. Okay. Um... Appalachian. Appalachian Mountains. There it is. Uh, So I haven't seen the descent. I have seen Blair Witch. I haven't seen the descent. Um... I've always kind of wanted to go to the Appalachian Mountains, and if it, you know, if I go there and I die, then at least I've I've ticked something off the bucket list. Whereas the woods, the woods in Blair, which just seems kind of woodsy, uh, like I, I am fond of the woods, but like let's go, let's go mountains. <laughs> yeah, at least you're gonna get to see something and do something new. Yeah, 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 yeah. And last but not least, this okay. is about you. Okay. What character do you think you would be in a traditional slasher movie? So, for example. Would you be the nerd, the jock, the cheerleader, the final girl, the villain, and so on? Cool, cool. I have just talked about death metal pretty much without taking a breath for yeah. 35 minutes. Um, so I think legally I have to say nerd. I think in a different life, probably cheerleader. But I think I think we all know what's happening here. <laughs> yeah, kind of walked into that one, really. <laughs> Tom, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Real, real good fun. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for watching. If you liked what you saw, please help us out by giving us a thumbs up and hitting that subscribe button. If you really liked what you saw, consider donating to keep the website and channel running by buying us a coffee via our coffee page or picking up some merch from our Big Cartel store. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as via our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as listen to our interviews via SoundCloud, Apple Music, and Spotify. Just search for GBHBL games, horror, and heavy metal. What else is life for?